Growing in Christ podcast with Lalith Pereira. Praise the Lord. So a blessed and spirit-filled new year, isn't it? So, uh, and uh, so we have been sharing a new year message, but now that it is the 19th, uh, we have, uh, uh, we have, past two weeks and we have built another message. So I strongly suggest you, when you find the time, to look at the New Year message because uh, the message is about, uh, uh, it's a question. Uh, can you find perfect peace in a, in a crisis-ridden world? Can you find perfect peace in a crisis-ridden world? So I'm not going to go there, but just to tell you, there are two answers. The short answer is no. <laughs> the long answer is yes. So if you want to find how to have perfect peace in a changing, troubled world, I think it's good to really look at... Uh, uh, look at the uh, New Year message. So after the New Year message, we have been looking at uh, the four phases of Christ. So let me explain that. Actually, we have been looking in the last six months, uh, after July, we have been looking at the four phases of God. If you remember, with uh, the four-step the four steps we have to our inner journey, come as you are, give the truth of your heart, surrender your life to Jesus, be filled with the Holy Spirit, the four steps. But we are now learning to use the first step, come as you are, I love you. We are learning to, to focus the first step on God. So when you focus your attention on God through the first step, you come as you are, I love you. We are looking at the four faces of God. So, uh, just to remind you of the four faces of God that we were looking at in the last six months. Number one, He's God. And because He's God, no one can lie, cheat or steal from Him. So we are assured if you hang on to Him, uh, He will find a way through any situation. Because He's God. Number one. Number two, he's creator. And because he's creator, he has creative solutions to situations which uh, have no answers. And because of that, we trust he has a breakthrough where there is no, no answer. Number three, he's father. And because he's father, He's the father of our enemy. He's the father of each of us. And if you ask him, he will do good for all, even for our enemies. And as he blesses his enemies, our enemies, he will bless us as well. And number four, he's Abba. And because he's Abba, even if we have fallen and weak, he still has a place 
that we can return to his heart praise the lord praise the lord praise the lord so when we return to god and his heart when you start looking at him uh, we have absolute peace so tonight what i would really like to offer you is the four faces of christ which we will be looking at over some time the four faces of christ like the four faces of god the four faces of christ so just to make it clear you know the four facets you know uh though i'm using the word face somebody go and tell that i'm saying that god has four faces we are in trouble you know but uh, but god has no face there is no four faces but four facets of god's face in the same way four facets of christ the face of christ and we are looking at this in the second and third of the four steps the second step is give the truth of your heart to jesus and the third step is surrender your life to jesus so to do that we are learning to look at the face of christ so today i'm going to share with you the first face of jesus and the first face of jesus is that he is god that is the first face so you must never forget that jesus christ is god he's not only a teacher he's not only a, a master he's not only a miracle worker he is god and i think we need to we need to really be open to this truth jesus christ is god my brother my sister understanding or having a little background to this is valuable i thought and that's why bear with me today I'm going to give you some historical background which is really valuable for our faith yeah, you know actually the awareness that jesus is god was not there from the beginning that's why jehovah's witness say that uh, the bible doesn't say that jesus is god when jesus was born on the earth he was seen as the son of mary and joseph he was not even recognized as the messiah by the jews when he said he was the son of god they wanted to stone him even the apostles who were closest to him didn't recognize him as god so the great evidence of that is that if they had known him as god uh, they wouldn't have run away when he was caught <laughs> excuse me they wouldn't have run away uh, when he was uh, caught by the by the by the romans so even they grew into this awareness and this awareness took 3 400 years to really become stabilized in the church and it's important for us to know in the early church there was a 
huge uh, conflict and a controversy. A part of the church said that Jesus is God. And there is something called the Holy Trinity. But a part of the church said, Jesus is the Son of God and not God. And this was almost 50-50. And there was a, a person, a theologian called Arius, who actually propagated this powerfully. Bishops, priests, many uh, followed his interpretation that Jesus is the Son of God and not God. And to resolve this, there was a council. We call it the Council of uh, Nasia. And it was held in 325 AD, that is in the 3rd century. And there, the arguments were so strong they, that they almost came to blows. And so uh, one part ex excommunicated the other. Those who said that Jesus is God uh, excommunicated those who said Jesus is not God. But those two who had said that Jesus is not God also didn't keep quiet. They excommunicated these people back. So controversy and, and conflict are no strangers uh, to the church. There was a massive thing. But anyway, the, the, what was said in, in uh, Nasia held, they said Jesus is both God and man. He, was, he never gave up his God, uh, his divinity, his God. But he, but he fully became a human and he lived here uh, while he emptied himself of the power, of the divine power. He always remained God. So this was actually uh, accepted. It was Constantine, the, the emperor who really brought this council to try and bring peace to the Christian church. But history tells us that towards the latter part, even Constantine was converted into the, into the Aryan heresy. And he supported people uh, who said that Jesus uh, is not God, but the Son of God. You know? uh, so in this conflict, it needed to be resolved again. And that's why in the Council of Ephesus, in Ephesus there was another council, uh, the Blessed Mother was announced as Mary, Mother of God, Theotokos. Mary, Mother of God. Now, for us, Mary, Mother of God is the confirmation of who Mary is. But in the Council of Ephesus, the emphasis was not about who the Blessed Mother was. It was about Jesus. And they said, Jesus never ceased to be God, even when he was born. When he was in the womb of the Blessed Mother, he never ceased to be God. And that's why they called the Blessed Mother Mary, Mother of God. And the argument was that if, if 
Jesus, even for a moment, ceased to be God while he was in the womb of Mary, then he would not be God. So therefore, he was always God. And that's why the Blessed Mother is Mother of God. So if one, somebody says that she's not, actually they are contributing to the Aryan heresy you know, by saying that when Jesus was born or when Jesus was in the womb of the mother, he was not God. You know. <laughs> so, so here you can see uh, this whole thing came to rest in uh, the year 451. There was another council called the Council of Chalcedon. The whole church got together, the elders of the church got together and declared that Jesus definitively is God and also man. So the basic teaching of the church, if you have to be a Christian, you have to believe that Jesus is God. And that's why if even a Christian sect or uh, evangelical sect, whether they are Christian or not, is looked at through the fact whether they accept the Holy Trinity. So Jesus is God. And we need to accept that as we begin to look at him. Now the interesting fact is, when the church began to realize that Jesus is God, when they began to realize it, the church looked back at what Jesus did and said. And when they looked back, they suddenly began to realize that Jesus himself has declared that he's God. Actually, it was later that they began to, to realize this, you know. So when they look back on the scripture, and actually that's the, a technique and a method used in the early church. When they look back on the life of Joseph in the Old Testament, they recognized the prototype of Jesus. Said so this is exactly what happened to Jesus. So Joseph is a sign of Jesus to come. So in the same way, they looked at the scripture, the words of Jesus, and they asked the question, was Jesus aware that he's God? And the answer was yes. He was aware. But people didn't know that. So I'm going to share with you one scripture text that scripture scholars tell us was Jesus' way of telling us that he's God. So John chapter 8 verse 55 onwards. John chapter 8 verse 55 onwards. Actually, these are, if you read this whole text, the whole chapter, uh, he's having a raging argument with the Pharisees. Actually, you can't blame the poor Pharisees because, <laughs> because they were confused. And they were talking on shortwave and Jesus was communicating on FM. So they didn't have, they, they had two completely different understandings. But when scripture scholars looked at what Jesus said, they began to realize 
that he knew that he was God. So here is verse 55. Though you do not know him, I know him. If I said I did not, I would be a liar like you. But I do know him and keep his word. Now, he was talking about, he was talking about his relationship to God. And he's, he's saying, uh, I know him and I have a relationship with him. Then he goes on, verse 50, 56. Your father Abraham rejoiced at the thought of seeing my day. He saw it and was glad. Now he says, your father Abraham. Now actually the Jews begin their, their, their genealogy from Abraham. And so do the Muslims, you know. Uh, and so do we, our faith genealogy. He said, Abraham was waiting to see this day. He saw it and was glad. Verse 50, 57. That really got the Pharisees' goat. You know. they, they became incensed. Now here he says, you are not yet 50 years old. The Jews said to him, and you have seen Abraham? They got, they got really upset, you know. You're only on 50 years old. And you say that you have seen Abraham? I told you, FM and shortwave. You know? And if we were there, we also would have had the same problem, you know. Uh, don't, don't assume that we are superior in our knowledge. You know? uh, we would have also had that same issue, you know. And he, how can you be? Then he goes on. Verse 58, I tell you the truth, Jesus answered, before Abraham was born, I am. Actually, fundamentally, there is a, uh, there is a uh, syntax error, error here also. You know? He should have said before Abraham was born, I was. But he uses the word, I am. Before Abraham was born, I am. Now see the response of the Jews to what he said. Look at the next verse, 59. At this they picked up stones to stone him. But Jesus hid himself, slipping away from the temple grounds. Now we go back to verse 58. What made the Jews so angry? Scripture scholars tell us what made them angry was the word I am. And in another place, uh, the scripture itself explains it. We'll just we'll go there and come back. John 5.18. John chapter 5, verse 18. For this reason, the Jews tried all the harder to kill him. Not only was he breaking the Sabbath, but he was even calling God his own father, making himself equal with God. We go back to we go back to uh, John 8 58. Before Abraham was born, I am. Actually, this word I am is very familiar to the Jews. 
not too familiar for us. What is the meaning? To find that, we need to go to the Old Testament. You know, you know today, giving a little background, I thought was really valuable. You know, uh, Exodus chapter 3, verse 13. God and Moses have a chat. You know, and now, uh, uh, Moses has a problem. You know, and he explains the problem to God. Moses said to God, Suppose I go to the Israelites and say to them, the God of your fathers has sent me to you. And they ask me, what is his name? Then what shall I tell them? What is his name? Then what shall I tell them? He asked, if, I, if they ask, you know, uh, who sent you? What's your God's name? Because every God had a name. Uh, whom shall I say? Look at the next verse. God said to Moses, I am who I am. This is what you are to say to the Israelites. I am has sent me to you. Can you see now? Directly the Jews understood what Jesus said. I am has sent me. And they knew at once he was saying that he was God. I want to explain the word I am. Maybe we have heard it, but we haven't fully comprehended what it means. I am means, this word I am who I am means, he's independent, if you are writing it down, independent and self-existent. What does it mean to be independent and self-existent? I can only explain through our own understanding of who we are. Now, you and I, I think the majority of us are seated. Isn't it? But we can't sit on ourselves. We have to sit on a chair. So we are dependent on the chair to sit. The chair is held by the earth. So we are dependent on the earth to sit. Now we have... We, you know, we have life, isn't it? That's why we got up and came to the meeting. Uh, we are moving our hands and feet. We have a life. We have energy. But our energy and life is dependent on the food we eat. Isn't it? It's because of the food we eat that we have energy. We breathe. We breathe because we are dependent on the oxygen that is in the air. So every life on the planet, including the planet, is dependent. But when you say, I am who I am, what he's saying is, God is independent of everyone and everything. He exists by himself. This concept of God was too big for, for people of 5,000 years ago to say so. It's amazing revelation from God. He's independent. He exists within himself. That's why we say, whatever we do does not really affect God. Because he's, he's I am. He's God. So, 
Actually, that's why one day I told you, even heaven, God is not in heaven. Because if God is in heaven, then heaven can contain God. He's independent. Even heaven exists inside his heart. I am. I am who I am. And the amazing revelation was that this great I am who exists independently of all things chooses to become a human being. Praise the Lord. Actually, Mahatma Gandhi, who was one of the greatest men of the 20th century, uh, he, he really followed the teachings of Christ. And he even developed this nonviolent response to challenges. He developed that from, uh, from, uh, Mahatma, from the gospel teachings of turning the other cheek. He, so Mahatma Gandhi said, you know, I really, really uh, like Christ. I believe his teachings. But one thing I cannot agree with. I can't believe that he's God become man. Because the Hindus also had this transcendent concept of God. They knew that. You know, they have this transcendent concept. So therefore, uh, he said, I can't believe that a transcendent God who exists within himself, by himself, you know, independent of anything, everything else, would choose to become a human being. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. My brother, my sister, our journey into Christ begins when we look at this great act of God. In seven places in the scripture, in seven places in the scripture, Jesus uses the word, I am. I just say it in passing because otherwise I can't finish my sermon quick. Uh, you know, in John 6.35, I am the bread of life, he says. And every time he says, I am, he's referring to this transcendent God. John 8.12, I am the light of the world. Rukmal has done an excellent job. He's broken it into pieces. John 10.9, I am the door. John 10.11, I am the good shepherd. Look at this. Everywhere, everywhere he has stated this. John 11.25, I am the resurrection and the life. John 14.6, I am the way, the truth and the life. John 15, 1, I am the wine. So, no one can doubt that Jesus saw himself as God. And if you want to experience the fullness of Christ, we are invited to see him as God, who has become a human being. Praise the Lord. So, I want you to, to complete it by going to John chapter 1, verse 1. Everyone knows this verse. You know. 
where John explains that Jesus is God. You know. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. Now it's a very simple statement saying that Jesus is God. Not too simple because when people have gone into the into the Greek originals of this, and some say that the second God is a simple G, you know, and therefore Jehovah's Witness say this is not exactly talking about God, you know, because it's a the second God is a simple G God because in Greek you can write it that way, that it's a simple G God, but for us who have looked at the I am statements, uh, there is no. There is absolutely no doubt. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. And that's Jesus come into our world. Now I want you to go down to, you know, you know uh, this background you know, is an explanation in a theological base, which is, I thought, really valuable for us to appreciate who Christ is. Now, what is his link to us today? What is his link, this God, the divine, to us? Uh, verse John 1, verse 10, if you look at it. Now, John is explaining what God did by becoming human. Verse 10. He was in the world. You can read that. And though the world was made through him, the world did not recognize him. And that's the tragedy even today. People don't recognize God who has become a human being. Verse 11. He came to that which was his own. That means his own people, huh? his own. But his own did not receive him. So God became a man, a human being. He comes among his people, and his own people reject him, you know. And actually, you can't blame those poor people because it was too big, you know. It was too big for them to grasp, you know. This kind of what the action of God was too great. You know? And then verse 12. Here is the good news for us, verse 12. Yet to all who received him, those who believed in his name. What do you mean by believe in his name? You believe that this man, Jesus of Nazareth, is God. Those who believed in his name, that's what it means. He gave the right. Actually, the other translation, the artist will say, he gave the power. He gave the right to become children of God. Praise the Lord. 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 We need to pause here for this moment. What is this miracle of God becoming a human? He becomes a human. He lives on this earth, sinless. He goes to the cross, carrying our sin. Because he has no sin in him by him personally. He carries your sin and my sin. He carries the sin of the past. He carries the sin of the present. He carries the sin of the future of the world. He carries it to the cross. Pays for it with his blood. 
offers us the gift of forgiveness. And when we believe in what he has done, when we accept what he has done, not only does he free us from our sin, but he does an even greater miracle. What is that? He adopts us into the family of God. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. My brother, Praise my sister, Lord. this is an amazing truth. Like it happened to the early church, it takes time for us to really register this amazing truth. Sinners, broken, lost, disturbed, we come to him. We believe that he is God who has become man. He is the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. We believe that he carries my sin on his shoulder to the cross. We believe in his when he says, this is my blood poured out for the forgiveness of sin. We believe it. This is my body given up for you. We believe it. When we believe it, when we accept it, not only are we forgiven, not only are we made holy, but we are adopted into the very family of God. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. My brother, my sister, why isn't this real for us? The answer is very simple. Because we are not believing it in our hearts. We are looking for human level understanding. We are looking for human level evidence. We are looking for human level confirmation of a truth that is spiritual and divine. So in the year 2024, as we gaze on Jesus, who is God? We begin to believe in this mighty, great miracle that God has done. What is the miracle? He carried our sin. God carried our sin. God paid the price. God cleansed and made us righteous with, with himself and then adopted us into his very own family. Praise the Lord. Praise the, Lord. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. He came among his own. His own received him not. They remained the same. But to all who received, he gave them the power to become the children of God. Adopted into divine sonship. Praise the Lord. Children, you're going to be born not of natural descent nor of human decision or a husband's will, but born of God. Actually, I'm inviting you. you know, let's not be smart. Let's not make the center of our discernment ourselves. But rather, let's surrender to the revealed truth. Jesus is God. And he has Paid the price to cleanse me of my sin and my brokenness and my ancestry and made me holy, but he has not stopped there. He has adopted me into his family. 
And if I believe it and take possession of it and act on it, you know what will happen? What you believe will start manifesting in your life. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Actually, we are seeing this happening in an amazing way in our ministry. We are truly grateful to God. All the glory belongs to Him. Just to, you know, just to give you an example before I finish tonight. A couple of weeks ago, you know that uh, some of you know uh, Mari. Mari was one of the main organizers of Growing in Christ. You know. uh, Mari uh, Divelia, you know. And uh, uh, she called, you know, her. they were going through a bad time. Her mother-in-law had fallen and broken her spine. You know, she was in bed. And Mari herself had come into some kind of an ailment where she had completely bloated up, you know. And because of her bloating up, uh, she couldn't, her fingers couldn't open or close, you know. And, uh, and she couldn't walk properly. And she was desperate. She was seated in one place. We went to pray for her, her mother-in-law, you know. And then we went to her house. She was there seated. And of course, Mari has faith, you know. She believes that we are children of God, you know. She believes in that God can heal in a moment. And when we prayed for her, when we prayed for her, uh, you know, uh, I prayed from one side, Mercia prayed from the other. Uh, Mercia stopped and said, I'm sure I saw her face getting smaller. You know, because she was all bloated. You know. And sure enough, even as we took authority as divine sons and daughters, we took the inheritance God has given us to pray in his name. Because we are children, we have the authority, we have the right, and we are members of his family. Based on that, and she believed it as a daughter of, of the Lord, that she has the right to be healed. You know, the swelling went down as we prayed, you know. And then her fingers that we couldn't bend, she opened up. And then she begins to walk, and her knees become right. She runs up the stairs, runs down, and then she begins to rejoice, because God healed her instantaneously. But the beauty for me was that it was a confirmation, a confirmation that we are more than what the world knows us to be. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Yes. From that place, we went to one of our one of our full-timers. You know, uh, they had just had a child. And and uh, and the pregnancy was difficult, you know. And uh, the wife was going through a crisis, you know, and going through a struggle with depression because of the difficulty of childbirth. And they were going through uh, a massive crisis. And they said, please come and pray. So we went and we prayed for them. And two days ago, uh, I met the wife, you know, later. And she told me what happened as we prayed, you know. She said... Before you came to, to our house, it was as if a darkness had descended over my eyes. Everything I saw in darkness. I didn't want to go to the room. The room was dark. I didn't want to do anything. Everything was dark. 
But as you we prayed, he said, the darkness lifted, everything became light. Said, All the issues resolved in that moment. Those days, how many counseling sessions you need to go to to fix that? And why? You must remember that. Why? Because we are more than what we appear. Because God has become a man and this man has died in our place and he has adopted us into the family of God. We who are men and women have the touch of the divine inside of us. You have it. I'm having it. Others are having it. If you don't believe it, nothing will happen. Like to the Jews. We live powerless. We die powerless. But if you believe, it will change the world that we live. Shall we just be in a presence for a few moments? Lord, we declare who you are. Forgive us for seeing you from our limited understanding and for being victims of the understanding of this world. We lost you in the human understanding. We reject the false understanding of our minds. And we declare right now who you are. You are God. Become a person, a man, coming, looking for each and every one of us. Lord, we pray that you will reveal that truth into our hearts. That you are God looking for us to forgive, to make holy, but much more to adopt us as sons and daughters. Lord, we pray that this rich inheritance would become a realization in every one of our thoughts and mind and heart. That all the lies that have been embedded in us will be taken away in the name of Jesus. We cast you out. All lies, all darkness, all wrong understanding, all doubts, we cast you out. You have no place in anyone's life. And we invite you, Holy Spirit of God, reveal with supernatural power divine daughterhood, divine sonship, divine authority that flows through our life. In the year 2024, let it increase, become a torrent, become a tide, become a tsunami that overcomes every obstacle and gives us a breakthrough in the coming year. All this we ask through Christ our Lord. Amen. Amen. God bless you, brothers and sisters. A blessed, spirit-filled New Year. God bless you.